Good morning, Nova Nation. Happy Friday, and welcome to another edition of The Morning Roar. Coming up on this Friday's edition, Sarah will get you caught up with the latest news. We will debate the merits of the time change this weekend, our Twitter poll question of the day. Also, WXVU's Ryan Derry will stop by to talk about our election night broadcast and the importance of the upcoming midterms. The 34th annual Special Olympics Fall Festival is going on at Villanova this weekend, and SPO Festival Director Caroline Menzi will be joining us. And it was a night of mixed emotions in Philly sports, a gut-wrenching Phillies game, and a great Eagles win. We got you covered. Also, everybody, uh, we are live on the WXVU YouTube channel, so check us out over there. I'm David Schpansky. I'm Maggie Kleinsmith. I'm Chris Kokinos. And I am Sarah Noble, jumping right into our Morning Roar news update. The Canadian man accused of breaking into House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco home and attacking her husband with a hammer should have been flagged by immigration officials and blocked from getting back into the U.S. after overstaying his authorized entry more than two decades ago, a federal official said. David DePop legally entered the U.S. in 2000 and later left the country and returned a few times, including entering in March 2008 at San Diego's border crossing. San Francisco police said DePop confronted Paul Pelosi in the family's home on October 28th and demanded to know where the House Speaker was. DePop pleaded not guilty to state charges on Tuesday and was ordered held without bail. DePop faces state charges of attempted murder, burglary, and elder abuse. He also faces federal charges, including attempted kip- kidnapping of a U.S. official. Changing, changing gears a little bit here. Daylight saving time ends this weekend with the clock scheduled to go back an hour early Sunday morning. It has already happened in some countries that participate. There has been a growing movement to make daylight savings time permanent. Last year, Senator Marco Rubio introduced the Sunshine Protection Act, which would make daylight saving time permanent, eliminating the need for Americans to change their clock twice a year. Rubio's bill passed unanimously in the Senate in March, but is awaiting passage in the House of Representatives. If signed into law by President Joe Biden, permanent DST would be in effect starting next year. So following that up is our first discussion topic of the day. Is the Monday after the November time change the worst day of the year? Or do you feel at home with winter darkness? Is that extra hour of sleep we get on Sunday by falling back worth it? David, we'll go to you. Start. I think that it is like blown out of proportion with people who are like, you know, I get one hour, I lose an hour of sleep. Now I gain an hour of sleep. I just feel like that it's very exaggerated. For me, at least, I love the when it's darker later in the summer. So daylight saving time that would be right. I always get confused on the no on the idea. Back and forth. Okay, <laughs> um, but I do like I, I like I love summer and I love when it gets darker later. So that would be my personal opinion. I don't think it affects me too much, but I'm also a morning person, so somebody who you know maybe struggles to get out really early uh, in the morning uh, would find a problem with it. But I I would like to keep it the way it is right now. To be honest, I like the extra daylight. So when it gets darker four thirty, it's pretty crazy. Sarah, I I know that you have some in depth knowledge on. <laughs> What's going on here? I don't know if I'd, I'd call it in. <laughs> I'd say maybe a little bit of a of a psych lecture that I had, but I so like I thought daylight saving time was was pretty cool. You know, I get to sleep an extra hour, so that's perfect for me. Um, but it actually like because sleep is so affects like your physical well being. There's like a really big increase in like car crashes, 
heart attacks, strokes, etc. when you lose an hour of sleep, like, the day following daylight savings time. Like, it's so bad for people's health, apparently. So I just feel like maybe they, they just shouldn't do it. So is that the change that's not in November? That's the later one, right? When yes. there's the issue? Because in November, we get an extra, ex- hour. An extra hour, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, what do we think? Um, you know, you personally, I like... <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, no worries. I like the... I like when, like, it gets darker later. Like, I... My least favorite thing is... So, we have afternoon practices from, like, 3 to 5 o'clock on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And my least favorite thing is, like, leaving practice when it's dark out already. Because it's, like, I've been in this... So, I'm a swimmer, by the way. But I've been in, like the pool for two and a half hours like going i don't know it's just like it's already dark in there and then you just leave and it's dark you're already exhausted my energy dips like i, I don't think know. it makes you more tired it does right? make, you more tired. make you more tired it does it's like my cue like i walk outside like last last year i would have like a night class and it would be dark when i left and i was like oh time to go to bed <laughs> like literally <laughs> also like seasonal depression like you need sunlight you know Yeah. It's good for you. Absolutely. Well, the idea behind the clock shift is to maximize sunlight. The logic is that by springing forward and falling back, people add an hour of sunlight to the end of the workday. But the benefits of this change are, again, controversial, just like Sarah was saying. Many jurisdictions have passed legislation to end the biannual clock change, and others are considering ending it. Why? Science shows, again, the impact on health. Me, personally... I kind of like when it gets dark earlier in the winter. I relate that for some reason in my mind with Christmas. So, like, when it starts getting darker earlier, it's the Christmas season. Makes me kind of happy. Wait, you like when it gets dark at, like, 4.30? Yeah, because for some reason in my mind, I'm like, okay, it's starting to get darker earlier. This is the holiday season. No, I, mean, <laughs> I, oh, I don't know if I can get behind that. One. Most people can't. The, everyone is typically against my viewpoint on this yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with it because, uh, not fine with it, but I understand where you're coming from with Christmas because like November and December, it's happy. You know, you have Thanksgiving, just at Halloween, you know, heading into Christmas. But, you know, then like that January, February time oh, frame brutal. is brutal. <laughs> like it's really cold. That's when we get the snow here in the Northeast. And as uh, Maggie was talking about, uh, you know, it does help your physical health to push the clocks back, but your mental health is, is really affected when, like, it's getting dark at 4, 4.30. So that's why I'm, I'm against turning the clocks back. I like daylight staying longer. I so. feel like I hear everybody talk about, like, in the January, February period after it's snowed, like, it's dark when you wake up, and they're just, like, everybody struggles, like themselves out of bed and then like also just like going to sleep people are just like more tired and it's like yeah. cold already so like people aren't gonna be outside especially when you're in school because you wake up it's dark you go to class that's basically the entirety of daylight you get out of class it's already dark yeah. you've missed the entire day it feels like so it looks like this is going to be the reality of the situation going forward that the time change is no longer going to happen but David, what's our Twitter poll question of the day? Hi, right, so check us out on Twitter at WXVU. And our Twitter poll question for this Friday is if you are registered or well, if you are registered to vote in this upcoming election, will you be voting? So are you planning to vote uh, this Tuesday, November 8th? Yes or no? And we'll get the results at the end of today's show. Thank you, David. Maggie, we're going to you with our birthdays. So we'll be celebrating some birthdays today and talking about the upcoming birthdays of the weekend. Um, so today's birthday, or today's birthdays are Drew Starkey and Ralph Mc, 
Makio, sorry, <laughs> on Saturday with Chris Jenner, Kevin Jonas, and Odell Beckham Jr. Then Sunday, Emma Stone, Hero Finesse Tiffin. And that's about it. So happy birthday to everyone. Thank you, Maggie. We are going to be taking a quick break. Make sure that you stay with us. Right after the break, we're going to be having WXVU's very own Ryan Derry right here to discuss with us about the upcoming midterm broadcast. Stay tuned. Yes. Villanova University's WXVU Villanova. Visit our all new website at WXVU.org. We're on air serving the main line at 89.1 on your FM dial or stream us anytime, anywhere on the Radio FX app. This is Father Peter, and you're listening to V891, The Roar. From the newsroom, this is WXVU News Director Gabriela Raful with your Villanova Campus Minute. The 34th Fall Festival will be taking place this weekend on November 4th through 6th. The Special Olympics Pennsylvania Fall Festival is hosted and organized by Villanova students and is the largest annual student-run Special Olympics event in the world. Special Olympics Pennsylvania provides year-round sports training and competition for more than 20,000 children and adults with intellectual disabilities. Special Olympics is an international organization dedicated to empowering individuals with intellectual disabilities to become physically fit, productive, and respected members of society through sports training and competition. Special Olympics offers children and adults with intellectual disabilities year-round training and competition in 26 Olympic-type summer and winter sports. Be sure to check out fall festival events this weekend all across campus on Saturday and Sunday. In other news, the application process for students interested in joining the residence assistance team for the spring 2023 semester and the 2023-2024 academic year have opened. Zoom information sessions are available to meet with some current RAs to learn more about this opportunity. All fall Zoom links are also available on the Residence Hall Life webpage under RA selection timeline. There will also be additional information sessions in January if you are not able to join this week. All candidates will need to submit a cover letter and resume with their application. With this week's Villanova Campus Minute, I'm Gabrielle Raffoul from the WXVU Newsroom. Have a voice for radio? Need to get your hands on audio video gear? Does journalism or writing interest you? How about photography and capturing memories? Villanova's media organizations are open to all majors and include WXVU 89.1, VTV, Tech Crew, The Villanovan, and The Bel Air Yearbook. Come hang out with an awesome group of creative students and find your home in Villanova's media programs. Stop by Doherty 102 to learn more. Brought to you by the Office of Student Involvement, Student Media Programs. Now, here's your three-day weather forecast for the main line. Some morning fog and clouds will give way to sunshine this afternoon, a high of 72. Partly cloudy tonight, we'll get down to 57 for a low. A mix of sun and clouds Saturday, a high of 74 degrees. And after some morning clouds, we'll see sunshine Sunday, and we'll get up to 76. 
And we're back with the Morning Roar right here on WXVU 89.1 FM. Joining us right now is Ryan Derry. Ryan is a senior at Villanova, majoring in political science and humanities. He is also WXVU's business director. Ryan and myself will be hosting live coverage of election results on election night on WXVU at 8 p.m. this Tuesday. Now, Ryan, on Monday, President Biden said that the upcoming midterms would be one of the most important elections in our lifetime. Is that hyperbole, or do you think the results of the midterms will have that much impact? I think that's hyperbole. Um, it is an important election. They're all important. Uh, it's not a presidential election. Uh, they also say that every election. They said yep. the last one <laughs> and the last midterm and the one before that. So a little bit of hyperbole there, but it is important to go out and vote, especially if you're a young person getting your voice heard. Uh, you know, our, our demographic has one of the lowest turnout rates. So, you know, if you if we can go out and vote, you can kind of turn that tide. So, you know, definitely important. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think it is a bit of a hyperbole, and I think it's also kind of a way to, like, motivate people to go out and vote. You know what I mean? Like, one of the most important elections of our, in our lifetime, it really puts that fire under you to, I don't know, motivate you and get out there, so. You got it, definitely. Um, so, for those listening that may be voting for the first time and just don't know the ins and outs of the political landscape right now, why do you think these particular midterms matter so much? Well, um, there's a lot of uh, issues that I think are somewhat uh, salient to uh, young people. Um, just, uh, Going off on the, the big ones, there's um, like ab abortion. You know, either way you fall on that, this election will have an impact on the future of abortion legislation in the country. Um, there's also uh, legislation on voting rights, which is an important thing and definitely a contentious thing. Um, you know, access to uh, polling locations and, and election integrity has has become a more uh, contentious issue over the past, uh, especially two years. Uh, there's also uh, economic stuff like inflation, uh, which um, you know is is, mo is harder to get your head around uh, if you're just like a regular uh, voter. Um, but you know it is something that gets affected by this. Um, and if you really want to like find out about these things, I mean it's it's easy enough to do your own personal research on this. Um, and uh, it's also important to find out like where the candidates stand on these issues and you can find out on like usually their websites usually they have sections that outline their positions on all of these things and it's especially for voters in um pennsylvania uh like villanovans it's it's important to know about specifically uh where like dr oz and john fetterman fall on this because it is one of the more contentious or contested, I guess, Senate races right now. And the, the Senate is really where the big question mark is in this election. So, Ryan, you did talk about it a little bit. Uh, what are, what's kind of your feel on where things stand, specifically in the race between Dr. Oz and John Fetterman? I, I, I'd say lean Fetterman right now. Um, slight lean. Uh, it's not guaranteed. Um, polling is pretty bad at getting us a comprehensive sense of what's going to happen uh we do have um like a good idea in like a lot of states like because it's strong lean in one direction or the other here there's a slight lean but it could go the other way uh, a, a big issue with polling is, is that it depends on who picks up the phone 
you, you're going to get a certain type of person that picks up the phone to answer the polling questions. And so you miss a lot of people that just don't care to do that. A lot of people that aren't as politically engaged but nevertheless still vote. So it's very hard to call. Um, but if I had to call right now, I would call Fetterman. I know a lot of people, just because the Senate race is, is so tight and so so contentious, really could determine the whole majority leadership of the Senate, right? I know people are, at least Democrats, you know, are have been talking about how people abortion is becoming less of a factor in people's mind, and people are starting to focus a little bit more on the economy, on, on inflation. They're putting abortion on the back burner. How do you feel about that? That is something that I have actually been noticing in some of the uh, polls. There was, after the Dobbs decision, there was a big boost in the Democrats' poll numbers, really for, like, the the House is kind of out of the picture, but the Senate, it very kind of came into picture, like, oh, maybe they can get that. Um, and it has waned a lot, and, and uh, issues like inflation and gas prices, mainly gas prices, because that is what impacts people most in their day-to-day. Um, or maybe, maybe if you're a homeowner, you care about, like, interest rates and, and other stuff like that but for a lot of people like that's the big manifestation of inflation and they have gone up more recently after a slight decline in the summer so I, I do think that yeah the economy has somewhat come back as a bigger issue however I do I don't want to underestimate the importance of the Dobbs decision in affecting uh, the way people are going to vote it took what was going to be for sure like uh easy W for the Republicans and turn it into something that's a big question mark uh, because I, I really do think it, it, it made for a lot of people it made a lot of people think that there's a lot higher stakes to things than there were previously because they had a, something that they had assumed could never happen happened um, and I, I do think it has waned a little bit I do think that uh, you know the the, the wave crashed a little early but I, I still think it's like probably the key issue and then just like building off of that what issues do you think will weigh highest in the minds of voters when election day comes whether that be inflation abortion gun control climate change marijuana decriminalization etc well it's hard to say because it it depends on the different like demographic tranches of voters for um young younger voters uh, uh abortion and um climate change will be some of the more salient issues um for older voters um you know inflation would probably be a more uh salient issue um it also depends on how like politically engaged you are you you, you got to remember there's a, a not a big percentage of the population that is really tuned in to the events of Washington and and the minutia of, of uh, these issues um, but they don't make up the majority of the people that actually vote so because of that I think that you know abortion and inflation are the big ones just because those are the ones that get mentioned the most those are the ones that people know may affect them in their lives um, and uh, th- that's also partially why young people care so much about like uh, climate change they, they see it as more affecting their lives especially in the future Whereas if you're a lot older, it's a little more abstract to you just because you're, you've grown up in a different bi- environment where this isn't as much of a contentious issue. Um, I guess like other issues, gun control I think is not as salient this one. Um, there, I mean, there were a series of like mass shootings this summer, so I'm, I'm sure it's, it is something that is on people's minds, but probably not the first thing that they're thinking of. Um, 
I really think it comes down to like if what's the thing you're thinking of when you go vote? If you're if you're a sort of swing voter, if you're thinking abortion when you go vote or inflation when you go vote, and and those are the two just ways that'll dictate where they go. Do you have any any advice for for new voters, people that want to get out there, maybe start learning a little bit more of the news, how to educate themselves? Yeah, um, uh, I guess my best advice would be like read from a variety of sources. Um, I know that can be a lot of work, but I get like I get like the New York Times like uh, like newsletter. I don't know exactly what it is. Email every day. Um, I actually get the um, Wall Street Journal one, and and those are good. They have like somewhat different perspectives, but if you read two of them or even three of them, um, you do get like a wider array of what people are thinking. You're not just you're not just it's I think that's a lot better than just watching one of the cable news programs because those do offer a very uh, kind of pigeonhole perspective. So if you are able to pick up from multiple multiple places and, and then you can sort of form your own opinions around things, I think that's probably the best way to go. Now, you alluded to it a little bit earlier, but the results of this election, it's projected that the Democrats are going to lose the House almost surely. Yeah. But in the Senate, 538 predicts that there is a chance that mm-hmm. the Democrats can hold on to the Senate. 53 and 100 times Republicans hold the Senate and the other times the Democrats hold the Senate. So what will happen if Democrats lose control of either or both chambers of Congress? Well, I'll start with um, both. If they lose both, uh, President Joe Biden is not going to do anything. There, there's nothing getting through. Um, there's going to be uh, – I mean, this is this was the case um, – from like 2010 onward through the Obama administration, uh, there was just nothing to do. A- executive action, of course, and, and things that are limited to the executive, but anything legislative is, is totally blocked off from that point on. Um, if they still have the, if they lose the House but still have the Senate, uh, they do have a little more wiggle room for um, appointments of judges and certain committees and stuff like that, um, just because the Senate has some, some of those unique roles in appointment making um so that would be better for them uh still because you know they wouldn't be able to have a be able to pass legislation getting past the house um yeah so i I think either way we're going to see uh it become much more difficult for the biden administration to pass their agenda even more so if, if both uh go 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 to the republicans yeah follow up to that if the Republicans do take the House and the Senate. Do you think there's any possibility of work across the aisle, some bipartisanship where the Democrats, hoping to get some things done, get some things to Biden's desk, do work with the Republicans? No, I, I don't think so. Got it. Um, it, well, it, it doesn't make sense to. Bec- and I think that the Republican leadership, uh, specifically I'm thinking of Mitch McConnell, I think I think he knows that because it if since... Uh, the Democrats control the executive right now. Any positive movement go g- gets credited to them, right? So why why would they? They're playing game theory, right? Like why would they give some good he- headlines, some good trends to their opposing party, and that might hurt them in a future election? It's better to just be totally obstructionist, not let anything go through, let things get worse, and then win bigger. Gotcha. Ryan, are there any other key races people should be watching? Definitely. The Georgia, huge one. Um, the race between uh, John or Raphael Warnock and uh, 
What's his name? Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. Got it. Uh, yeah, I just slipped my mind. For, I, I had him his name first, but um, yeah, that's a very interesting one. Um, they had a debate recently, which was kind of fun. Herschel Walker pulled out a. I I wasn't unclear whether that was fake or not, but he pulled out a um like a sheriff's like honorary badge. I think they did really give him, but it's like honorary, so it's not like it's real. But that's an interesting one. Um, I don't know who's gonna win there. Um, part of me thinks that like voters would be so turned off by Herschel Walker and his like antics and um his uh uh you know he has he has CTE, so I think a lot of voters might be turned off by that. Um, and another key race is Nevada. Again, that one's very close. Um, I don't know the names of the candidates there, uh, but that, that's also a pretty contentious one. Uh, Wisconsin, um, that's another. Uh, Chris, maybe you know a little more about that one. Yeah, in Wisconsin, the incumbent is Ron Johnson, who has been in the news a lot recently for his part, I guess, in the whole um, – overturning the election back in 2020 mm. and he is up against lieutenant governor mandela barnes currently ron johnson is leading in the polls there by about a percent but that is a statistical tie so that race can go either way but if the democrats really have any hope of holding on to the senate they're going to have to flip that seat mm. yeah so th- th- that one and then this one is less close, but Ohio is another one that people look to. That's between uh, J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan. Um, that's an interesting one. Tim Ryan's been running like a very conservative campaign because Ohio is a very conservative state. Uh, and J.D. Vance is an interesting candidate. He is one of the Peter Thiel uh, more aligned ones, which is an interesting growing. We'll see how it shakes out, but growing wing in the Republican Party. There's also Arizona where um, Blake Masters is running against the astronaut guy um not sure john kelly yep um uh john kelly's probably gonna win that one uh but that's it's an interesting we'll talk about that uh some of the internal republican squabbles over funding in in, uh that arizona senate race on our main show um are there any other major races um Look to the governor races, honestly those are um those sort of like fly under the radar um but there's some interesting ones uh and they, they can determine uh, how uh, future elections will go because the uh, governors can affect the way voting works to some extent. And that's become a pretty big issue for a lot of the uh, especially more uh, Trump-aligned Republicans, you know, uh, voting uh, integrity, as they would call it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and there is a big governor's race here in Pennsylvania coming up, too, on Tuesday. Yes. Uh, but what can we expect uh, on the midterm broadcast this Tuesday right here at 8 p.m. Uh, on WXVU? So you can expect me and Chris, uh, you know, talking about uh, all of the sort of major issues, uh, giving an outline of the, the shape of the debate around them, um, and uh, sort of teeing up the conversation, because we are going to have two guests that got confirmed yesterday that we will have our second guest. We are going to have a representative of the college Republicans and a representative of the college Democrats on air to give sort of the partisan perspective um, so we can really, like, hear hear the sides of how uh, – uh, of, of, like, the issues. But also we're going to be, like, announcing the, the races. We're starting kind of late in the late in the day because that's when a lot of the polling stations close and maybe we'll start getting some early results in. Um uh, we're also going to have um, talk about the sort of relevant races to Villanova. We are going to have a discussion about our local um, 
Pennsylvania House races. Uh, I believe we have an interview with one of their candidates. Yep. Um, the representative from District 149, I did an interview with him just a few days ago. We're going to be playing bits of that interview throughout the evening on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's exciting. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, Pennsylvania governor race between uh, Doug Mastriano and Josh Shapiro. I uh, almost said Ben there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're also going to uh, talk about the, of course, the Senate race, and we're also going to talk about the other relevant national races. So look forward, to, looking forward to it. Thank you, Ryan. Make sure to tune in to WXVU's election broadcast special this Tuesday at 8 p.m. We're going to be going to a quick break, but after that break, we are going to be talking about Villanova Special Olympics fall festival with guest caroline menzi so stay tuned hi guys my name is sarah noble here on wxvu and i am the host of r&b reviving nova's beats be sure to tune in for the vibes on thursdays from 1 to 2 30 p.m are you experiencing anxiety and need a break to relax with a furry friend well, lucky for you, Villanova's Office of Health Promotion has pet therapy almost every Wednesday from 12 to 1 p.m. Enjoy hanging out with our furry friends from the Pals for Life organization in the East Lounge of Doggerty Hall. They have dogs who love belly rubs and hugs and a bunny, too. We hope to see you there. This PSA is brought to you by senior nursing students in the Fitzpatrick College of Nursing, the Office of Health Promotion, and WXVU Villanova Radio. V891 The Roar is on social media. Our Instagram and Twitter accounts allow you to meet our DJs, enter WXVU contests, and more. The Roar is on Instagram at WXVU Radio and on Twitter at WXVU. Now, here's your three-day weather forecast for the main line. Some morning fog and clouds will give way to sunshine this afternoon, a high of 72. Partly cloudy tonight, we'll get down to 57 for a low. A mix of sun and clouds Saturday, a high of 74 degrees. And after some morning clouds, we'll see sunshine Sunday and we'll get up to 76. And we're back with the morning roar right here on WXVU 89.1 FM. Joining us right now is Caroline Menzi to talk about the 34th annual Special Olympics Fall Festival happening at Villanova this weekend. Caroline is a senior chemical engineering student at Villanova and the Special Olympics Festival director. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. So what can we expect this weekend at the Fall Fest? Oh, well, where do I even begin? Um... We are just getting things started um, here this morning um, from a student perspective. So the event is student run. We've been up since five, um, setting up for a weekend full of activities. Um, most notably, our seven competition venues. Um, this year, uh, for the first time, we're hosting flag football um, on Austin Field, but we also have Roller skating, powerlifting, volleyball, soccer, um, and in a total of seven um, amazing competitions that are going to be happening this weekend. Um, in addition to healthy athletes programs, um, O-Town, Olympic Town, that's usually down the center of the quad, Saturday and Sunday. But those are some highlights, but you could definitely find something happening 
for our event in every corner of campus. So exciting. I know that rollerblading is, of course, my favorite event. <laughs> I always go to the rollerblading at Marple. Yes. It's so much fun. So, Caroline, would you be able to provide a little uh, like background information as to what or on what Special Olympics does? Yes, of course. So Special Olympics, um, as kind of the overarching umbrella, is an international organization, um, specifically the world's largest sports organization for children and adults with intellectual disabilities, um, which provides year-round training and sports activities um, to celebrate um, the amazing efforts and accomplishments that the athletes put into their training year-round. Um, and Special Olympics at Villanova specifically hosts Pennsylvania's Fall Inventational. So it's a statewide event and a qualifying event. So there's a couple competitions that the athletes coming here this weekend have to go through um, to qualify for Fall Fest. Um, but we are just one small niche of a bigger and um, greater organization of Special Olympics, but over overall, um, we're all under the same mission of the mission of inclusion um, to just uplift the, uplift the athletes this weekend and celebrate all that they bring to the world. Yeah. That's fantastic. As a freshman, too, I've never seen the canvas set up like this, and it's absolutely fantastic. The work and preparation that has gone into this event is fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's been a long nine months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know that many, I, I don't think that many people know that the Villanova SPO Fall Festival is the largest annual student-run Special Olympics event in the world. Uh, how much preparation, I know I talked a lot about it a little bit, uh, goes into running this event each year. I know you talked about nine months, if you want to talk a little bit more about that. And how much are you looking forward to it this specific semester? Oh, well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just mentioned the past nine months. Um, we kind of began this process right when the last Fall Fest ended um, in terms of thinking about um, the upcoming year. Um, as you mentioned in the beginning, I'm the festival director, so I'm sort of in charge of overseeing um, the 100-person committee that sort of plans every aspect of Fall Festival. So that may be competition, um, the O-Town that I mentioned, um, all the logistics, such as like all the tables, the food, um, the hotels that the athletes are staying at for the weekend. So there's a lot of preparation that goes into um, the weekend itself, all compiled via um, a hundred person committee, as well as um, about 80 volunteer coordinators that are kind of integrated into the different committees to help. Um, but ultimately we've been planning starting in February, um, just getting acclimated to the roles that we'd be taking on. Um, all the students involved are doing this by choice, which I think is super awesome. Um, and they get like so excited as the year moves forward, get to know each other, build relationships, um, and ultimately culminating in this weekend. And you asked about what I'm excited for. And honestly, um, it's just surreal um, to see it all coming together. Um, the amount of like emails and things that we think about um, throughout the year are just never ending. But when you actually visualize those things, um, even just this morning as thing, people just started running into their little corners of campus and um, decorating and, and building their little um, sort of cities of just um, competition and excitement and um, yeah, just everything that 
we've been working towards I'm just excited to visualize and I'm sure a lot of people would say the same but yeah so Caroline I'm curious how did you become part of SPO and what was your journey like to becoming festival director yes that's a great question um I think I initially got involved because I felt like it was an organization that I felt at home with immediately from the start um, and experiencing Fall Fest my freshman year was definitely surreal um, and I had never um, known or seen it before coming to Villanova but I was sort of locked in once I initially um, found out what it was and just felt the joy and excitement that Fall Fest brings it's just really unlike no other um, and from there I think I really just wanted to stay involved and keep keep working towards creating the event um, I'm a pretty logistical person and I just enjoy like spending my time on 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 things and putting my time into the things that I love and um, I became a part of the committee and just kept wanting to give more of my time towards Special Olympics because it like I said in the beginning felt like um, home so um, that was sort of my journey, but ultimately, um, it's kind of crazy looking back to see how um, my trajectory has brought me here. And like I was saying in a little bit ago, it's definitely surreal um, just looking back over the past four years and all the time that I've spent with the organization and um, just trying to soak it in this weekend because um, it's my last one. Oh, that's incredible. Now, how special is it to see all the volunteers on campus coming together for this event every year? Yeah, so um, that's an interesting question because um, my trajectory over the past four years um, fell through the pandemic. And um, two years ago, we were virtual. We held a virtual Fall Fest where there were no volunteers other than like the um, committee and VC and inclusion crew and members that all were like on zooms for the weekend and such so mostly just Villanova student based um, and from there um, the ne following year we definitely grew but not to the capacity that we were before um, the pandemic and this year is definitely um, an even bigger jump um, we have 1100 athletes coming which requires just that many more volunteers um, than we had previous years uh, or last year we had only like 700 athletes so um, I'm genuinely excited to see what that's going to look like in terms of the um, amount of people on campus but I think that amount of people in turn brings the energy and the general ambiance that Fall Fest brings to everyone um, I think what's so special about it is that there's pretty much unlimited volunteer opportunities when it comes to just cheering on the athletes and bringing the energy to each competition. So um, it really can get anyone and everyone involved from all over the community, in, in Villanova's campus, faculty, staff as well. So there's no like training or, or anything necessary to just jump right in and be a part of it, um, which I really appreciate and I think it helps um, in terms of the more people we get involved, the more people that can understand what the mission is and hopefully spread that to their um, communities and lives as well. So, yeah. so, sorry to cut you off. So you're talking about it a little bit there. If the Villanova student uh, still wanted to get involved with Fall Fest this year, how could they get involved? 
Oh, well, they can definitely get involved by um, walking right over to Sheehan Beach, which is where our volunteer tent is located. They will be there all day today, tomorrow, Sunday. Um, and you can just walk right up, and they will let you know where we need our help. We ha I have my radio right here. They're going to be radioing all over campus to see where um, the most help is needed, and they will send volunteers those those directions. So everyone is needed and welcomed with open arms to come join us. And if volunteering isn't um, completely something you were looking to do, we also have fans in the stands this year, which um, – aren't necessarily filling like a volunteer role such as like timing or like um, being like a line guard or something like that but um, are just in the stands cheering the athletes on which is another very equally important um, role to take on and lastly if if nothing else I think everyone should just take five minutes um, tomorrow on Saturday to walk through the quad um, around lunchtime it is absolutely packed with people activities organizations um that are just um live alive with activities and um just so much interaction um so i would suggest if anything you take some time to walk around campus this weekend and just see it all because like i've been saying throughout it's definitely unlike no other so looking forward a little bit now are there any other initiatives that spo has planned that are upcoming after fall fest yeah so after fall fest um well so our main goal as an organization is to plan fall fest throughout the year we have other other things happening such as unified events athlete practices and such um but fall fest is really the main the main goal in sight um so in complete honesty um this is sort of our end goal for the committee that's planning um but up in the spring, we're going to be starting back up for the 35th Fall Fest. Um, and if anything else, Special Olympics Pennsylvania is an organization that um, runs events all throughout the year. Um, in the winter, they have the Polar Plunge. I would highly recommend you looking look into doing that. That's one of their biggest fundraisers and is pretty fun to do, might I say, um, even though slightly cold. But um, <laughs> overall... Um, just, just keeping an eye out for Villanova campus opportunities coming up next year for the 35th Fall Fest. Um, if you see Fall Fest this year and want to get more involved, or just keeping an eye out for Special Olympics Pennsylvania events. Awesome. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us today, and good luck this weekend. Have fun. Thank you so much. I definitely will. Thank you. That was Caroline Menzi, the director of Villanova's Special Olympics Fall Fest. Make sure to check out O-Town and everything that Special Olympics has to offer this weekend. Coming up after the break, David is going to be taking us into a deep dive of Philadelphia sports, however traumatic that might be for him today. So stay tuned after the break. Were you a first-generation college student? Consider sharing your story with students on Wednesday, November 9th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. in the East Lounge on Villanova's campus as part of National First Generation Celebration Week. One out of every eight Villanova students will be the first in their family to graduate from college, yet many feel alone in their experience. You, as a role model, can offer new perspectives and boost motivation and confidence. Each panelist will briefly speak on their own experiences, answer audience questions, and join student breakouts to continue the discussion. Contact rachel.epstein at villanova.edu for more information. 
Along with W on Tuesday, November 15th at 7 p.m., join Villanova alumni from Solidarity Engineering and current engineering students and faculty for a webinar discussion about how engineers are designing solutions to sanitation, water, and other issues in refugee camps. Contact ij2.berry at villanova.edu for more information. Special Olympics Pennsylvania is in need of volunteers for the 2022 Fall Festival at Villanova this Friday through Sunday. Fall Festival brings together more than 1,200 athletes and coaches. There is competition in bocce, flag football, long distance running and walking, powerlifting, roller skating, soccer, and volleyball. Volunteers are needed with competition, awards, food, registration, and various other positions. You can select which job and which day you would like to volunteer. For information on how to sign up, visit specialolympicspa.org. And we're back from the break with the morning roar right here on WXVU 89.1 FM. David. Philly sports, huh? What a time. What a time. Good and bad. Uh, the Eagles last night, Thursday night football game, took on the Houston Texans. The Eagles did improve their record to 8-0 and to remain the only undefeated team in the NFL. Final score, 29-17. Jalen Hurts was 21 for 27 with 243 yards and two touchdowns. Also got to give some love to the Philadelphia Union, who are in the MLS Cup Finals this weekend against LAFC. The game will be tomorrow at 4 p.m. And the Phillies in the World Series last night, Game 5. It was a tough loss for the Phils. Started Noah Syndergaard, who pitched pretty well for the Phillies, but the Astros did defeat Philadelphia by a final score of 3-2. Justin Verlander gets his first-ever World Series win in his Hall of Fame career, going five innings with four hits and one earned run. And for the Phillies, very tough loss as they fall to 3-2 and two in the series, and they'll, or 2-3 and three in the series, and they'll head back to Houston for the next two games Saturday and Sunday. So, David, what are the chances of winning two in Houston? Slim? None? Did Was Game 5 the turning point? Game 5, here's kind of where I, I kind of stand with it right now. Game 5 was uh, definitely a, a big, it was a crucial game in yeah. the series. I think that everyone knew that kind of heading into that game. Um, but I don't think the chances are none. I mean, this Phillies team was, you know, the last week of the season was told that they were not going to make the playoffs, uh, let alone beat the Cardinals, which they did in two games, uh, you know, beat the Braves, beat the Padres. Pretty much everybody said that they weren't going to get to the World Series, weren't going to even get past the first round. Uh, and here they are, you know, in the World Series uh, in game six and seven. Uh, and, you know, the fact that the Phillies, you know, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler have not pitched well in this series uh, and they still have a chance to win heading to Houston. Ranger Suarez, I think if this gets to game seven, I think the Phillies have an excellent chance. Uh, I love Ranger Suarez. I think he's done a great job against the Astros uh, in this series. Uh, and the Phillies hit Lance McCullers really well, who was slated to go in game seven. I think really the telling game is tomorrow uh, and how well Zach Wheeler pitches. Really, this whole entire series, it's been starting pitching, you know, who has uh, kind of dominated in that department. So I think we'll see, you know, if Zach Wheeler is having fatigue how much that affects him and that the Phillies can hit Framber Valdez who was absolutely phenomenal in his last start against the Phillies. So I think tomorrow is the big game. I'm confident though if it does go to game seven but I don't think it's definitely impossible. Uh, I think the Phillies still have a fighting chance. I like that. Maggie, what are we thinking about this World Series? Um, you know, I'm going to be honest, I am not the biggest baseball fan. However, however, I have hopped on the bandwagon. Okay, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I guess technically I'm a Yankees fan but like 
can't root for the Astros. No, Regardless of who you root for. No, I mean, no, I'm a no, diehard no. Phillies fan, but if I if the Phillies were not in the World Series and the Astros were in it, I would be rooting against them. So. And also, at the end of the day, I I want off school. <laughs> That's okay. true. Yeah. Okay. I don't like, know if they're going to give us off school, though. I'm just planning on skipping for the parade. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, yeah, nobody, nobody in administration heard that if you're listening. You don't know who I am. None but of your yeah. professors heard that. <laughs> I, I think it's pretty messed up if professors don't cancel class, in my right. opinion. Yeah. Like, no one's gonna be there. Last night I had an I had like a night class and okay. there were maybe twenty kids in the class. There were nine of us. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> I believe it. I mean the energy that has just taken over this campus and the city, it's impossible to not get swept up in it. And I think it's particularly that energy that's going to help carry the Phillies in Houston. It's gonna be tough. It's not home environment. But it can happen. You guys already took one away. Got to take two. Yeah. Let's I, see what happens. I, I think there's a good chance. I do. Yeah. The fighting Phillies. Come That's on. right. I mean, come I'm on. I'm talking yeah. about the fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and what a crazy night it was for Philadelphia sports. A World Series game at the same time the Eagles are playing in Houston. Did you watch both? I did not watch both. The World Series was was my full attention. I'm baseball first, uh, so always have been. So the Phillies were my main attention, but I did check the Eagles score a few times. It was close in the first half, uh, and then the Eagles kind of went away with it, even in one of their not prettiest games, uh, but they were good enough to beat the Texans. Um, but, yeah, the Phillies were, were my full attention. I think for the most part, that is kind of like the general consensus of people, yeah. uh, Philly sports fans. Of course, there are some Eagles fans who probably just watched the Eagles game, but uh, I, I – was paying attention to both, but the Phillies were my main focus by far. Got it. Let's go into our Villanova weekend sports preview. Yeah, so we have an away game this weekend, the football team does, uh, at Towson. Now, Towson is 3-5. and five. They are 1-4 and four in CAA play. They were on a big losing streak before winning against Mammoth, 52-48. to 48. Big scoring game on the 29th of October. Villanova has won two straight and seem to be figuring out their defensive problems. Uh, we talked about it in the last uh, episode with Dom. Uh, pretty much Villanova has to win out to make the playoffs, uh, and I think that they'll have a pretty good game against Towson uh, this weekend. Awesome. Uh, men's basketball, it's back. It's, it's back, be baby. It's back. Ever. King Neptune is going to lead us. What are we thinking? I'm excited. Uh, we're going to be on the call on November 7th, uh, Pat, Dom, and I. Uh, so that'll be really exciting. Uh, my first game as a freshman at the Finns, so I'm really excited to see that. Uh, and yeah, LaSalle, so not the toughest of opponents. Uh, but Villanova definitely has some injuries, so they have to battle. Um, but I really, I'm so excited for this season, and I just can't wait for it to get started all on Monday. So I'll have the coverage, coverage for you right here on uh, 89.1 WXVM. Now, Maggie, you're a senior. What is it like going into your last season of Villanova basketball as a student here? We haven't won a national championship yet since I've been here, so <laughs> I don't know if I can graduate. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's I'm excited. Like, basketball season is my favorite time of the year. I still have never gone to a tailgate because I've never, like, been able to with athletics. Yep. But, which is why we need to make it far in March Madness because, like, those are the games I can go to. And, yep. like, I don't know. It's just – the best time of the year it's so fun to see the guys get up and play and even our women's team is incredible and so fun to watch um so yeah i'm excited like you just feel it on campus it's a it's an exciting i don't know it's a different level of excitement 
Absolutely. Speaking of the women's basketball team, they had they're having their debut, or did they have their debut? They are having their debut. Got it. They're yeah. having their debut on Monday at Marist. David, I don't know if you have anything on them. Uh, I do not, uh, but I will say that I am very excited. I'm hoping that there's a chance, hopefully, that we can do some women's basketball games too this yeah. season for WXVU. So I'm really excited uh, to see their play uh, this season. And then they have a big game too on November 11th against Princeton. And Princeton is ranked uh, okay. 24th, so that should be a very big game. That's at Princeton. And the women's team does not come home until November 25th. So they play four straight games on the road at Marist, Princeton, Penn, and Temple. So two close games, uh, but they will come home on November 25th against Belmont. Now, you just talked about the rankings a little bit right there for a second, and I forgot to ask it. What are men's basketball what is the ranking? What's the preseason ranking here? I should know this, and I just did a Google search to make sure. Uh, 16th right now. 16th, so, okay. I, But I, I definitely think that as the season goes on, as Justin Moore comes back, I definitely think that uh, that will improve significantly. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, last year it improved, too, a lot, so as they went out throughout the season. So I think, you know, the first couple games uh, kind of getting, uh, you know, back into the swing of things against LaSalle and Temple. Um, but I like you know, Maggie was saying it. You can just feel the vibe, and especially as as Monday comes, I think it's going to be a very exciting day here on campus. Yeah. Um, the big story this year for Villanova basketball is, of course, that Jay Wright, legendary basketball coach, is no longer our head coach, and stepping into his place is Coach Neptune. Do you think there's going to be a bit of a learning curve at the beginning of this season, or do you think he's going to hit the ground running? Well, uh, as an article that I wrote uh, on the WXVU website uh, nice meet from Media Day, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the players have talked about that there really hasn't been much of a change under Kyle Neptune. Uh, you know, Neptune worked very closely with Jay Wright, uh, and I think it's going to be a similar game plan. I mean, you know, hard work ethic, and I think that's a big part of Villanova basketball, always has been, always will be. Um, and I just think that the players, they're going to be ready to go. I think that Kyle Neptune is a high-energy guy. I think that's great for the locker room, great for the clubhouse. Um, and I'm really excited to see how they start. But, yeah, I mean, talking to the players, it seems like not much has changed. I mean, if you, you know, a couple things here and there, you know, a few tweaks. Uh, but that's normal. I mean, every coach that comes in is going to have, you know, different opinions on things. Um, but I think also hearing Kyle talk about his experience last season and now coming back to Villanova, I think he's really excited just to get back to a campus that he knows very well. Awesome. Great to hear. That has been our Villanova Sports Roundup. Maggie, let's go to you with the National Days of the Week. <laughs> All right, so today is National Jersey Day. The one day where I don't yeah. wear a jersey. Where this is crazy. Is Hold on, this, this is crazy. For the past two and a half weeks, I have been rotating Philly shirts, Philly's jerseys. But for this off day, and it had nothing to do with the loss last night. This was pre pre-planned before yesterday's loss because um, I thought that I was going to come to school and people were going to think that I just constantly like didn't wash because <laughs> I know uh, on WIP that there has been and I'm forgetting his name has been coming in with a uniform and they said that he hasn't washed out of like you know superstitious oh, or superstition okay. so uh, but yeah I, I really just want to take a break time like I'm going to cleanse everything you know last time was difficult but didn't have too much reset, really reset. to do with us yeah but reset uh, and for the first time in two weeks, and of course on National Jersey Day, so it was just this omen, I guess. But yeah, yeah, that's insane. You've got the Phillies chain, so I do, I do. Uh, today is also National Candy Day, which I find kind of ironic because Halloween was like. Yeah, it should have been a couple days ago. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but <laughs> So tomorrow is National American Football Day, which celebrates the USA's most popular sport and reminds us all that it's midseason and we should probably check on our fantasy teams. Which mine is not doing well. Yeah, it's it's not looking hot for no. the fellas. No. For both of my leagues, we're like three and four, bottom of the league. 
We got some games though. We're gonna win. We're going. We're going all the way to the championship this year. Haven't okay. won. You're a, a second half team. You're a second half e- team. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Gotta have faith. You win some, you dim some. Um, and so tomorrow is also National Redhead Day. Shout out to all my gingers, where they have a chance to shine with each gorgeous strand <laughs> strand of their hair. Um, and then Sunday, like we were saying before, is Daylight Savings Day. Um. Meaning that not only get an extra hour of sleep, but it will also become darker earlier in the afternoon. And not only is it National, or why did I say National Daylight Savings Day? Sorry, slip up, I'm tired. But not only is it Daylight Savings Day, but it's also National Nacho Day. So I'm going to treat myself to some El Limo Limo Nacho Sunday night. Hopefully the dining halls have nachos for tomorrow. Usually, but sometimes (laughs) they're kind of I highly doubt that. Well, see, I don't really eat at the dining halls, so... Uh, okay. Yeah. But, okay. The dining hall is doing anything that we want. That's pretty rare. <laughs> um, but David, let's go to you with our Twitter poll results recap. Yeah. So check us out at WXVU on Twitter. And today's poll question today uh, was, are you planning to vote on Tuesday, Election Day, November 8th? And 100% of our voters said yes. So, really? Yeah. I was I, Honestly, I was expecting the complete opposite. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I will be voting for Americans the first time. Don't vote. So. So yeah, true. Okay. Well, get out and vote. Get Hopefully, out and vote. you're registered to vote. So I, I, I'm not sure. We were talking about this beforehand. Like, if you have to be registered by now, I think you do in Pennsylvania, but I'm not sure. You can search. I'm sure on the internet, you can do a quick Google search and yeah, if, find out easily. If you want to find your polling place, registration information, what's going to be on your ballot, just check out vote.pa.gov. Put in your information. It will tell you everything. And last, but certainly not least, what we always end our morning show with it's the deep thought of the week once you do something you love you never have to work again what's true it's true it's true true. apples how about them apples (laughs) that's what i like to hear thank you so much for joining us today on the morning roar make sure to tune in next week for our next episode fridays at 8 a.m and make sure on tuesday to check out me and ryan on the WXVU election special. Have a great weekend, everybody.